boys and girls here on Welcome to the episode of Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my twin partner, Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how you doing? Uh, wow. Like, <laughs> it seems like it's been so much has been happening that my sense of time has been mushed <laughs> up. Um, as you know, I've been traveling a lot recently and after I travel, I come back and then teach judo and then went to a judo tournament and work the next day. And yeah, it's just a lot of stuff happening. So, um, then well, we have to record a that, podcast too. For like, those of you out there. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony does not have a good, uh, um, with a sense of a uh, time and space. What is it? Yep. <laughs> sense of time. I actually, I need to apologize <laughs> to Ajax because this episode, we're actually supposed to be interviewing Ajax and mm-hmm. something happened uh, to help my parents out with something. And um, long story short, I missed the interview and I feel so bad about it. Um, but I thought I'd be back in time. But the thing, the problem lasted longer and I had to take care of it longer than I expected. Um, but that's the probably the next episode is going to be our interview with Ajax uh, Tadahara. Um, mm-hmm. So this is us the day after recording an episode <laughs> of something else that we're going to talk about. Um, and following, following episode will be interview with Ajax, but yeah, yes. my, I just need a, it was all Anthony's fault. I yeah, was, all my fault. I was already <laughs> upset. It was all Anthony's fault. It I apologize all, on behalf yeah. of Anthony as well. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I better not visit Ajax or he's going to choke the crap out of me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, everything's just been kind of crazy. There's a lot of judo stuff happening and combine that with all the summer traveling that's happening. And I mean, mm. next week, I, I think I told you next week I'm flying <laughs> again for a, a wedding. Um, mm. And then, yeah, this I, I just need to plan out my time a lot better. I, I need to stop accepting things that I... I'm I'm packing my schedules too tight. Let's just say that. Like it's really, <laughs> really like I'm jumping from one thing to another, like from work to judo to to podcast <laughs> stuff to back to work to helping my parents out with stuff. And um yeah, but that's what happens when you're I guess your parents get older. Uh, for those of you who have elderly parents probably know what I'm talking don't, about. Don't so. blame it on your parents. Don't blame it on your parents. <laughs> you're, you're Mr. Party all the time. It's a vacation all the time. Vacation I, all the time. Every other two weeks. I oh, sorry. I'm that. going out of state. Oh, I'm going on another vacation. Oh, I'm going <laughs> on another vacation. Hey, well, I'm not going to make it this weekend. I have another vacation. I was, wor- I was working that time too while I was there. <laughs> so, you know. So. Uh-huh. Well, on a boat. Drinking on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mostly in the morning. Mostly in the uh, morning. No, I was working. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Anthony right there having some fun. So um, we talked about a little bit of competition right there. So what happened with us was um, not this past week, when the last weekend, I believe it was, or maybe three weeks by the time this podcast comes out. Here in California, we had the California State Games. It's a pretty big tournament since San Diego, and we had a lot of our members go there. We had about 11 or 12 people go. We came back with nine medals, I believe. Mm-hmm. Five, yeah, yeah. So it was five gold, two silver, two bronze. We did really, really well with a lot of our beginners. Yeah, I was, I was really surprised how well they did. Like, I was yeah. really surprised. And this is something that I noticed during the tournament and before the tournament. We had a lot of our. This is, is I'm just gonna put it out there. This podcast was about geese for competition mostly gee things and maybe a little bit about practice keys also, but the difference mm-hmm. between what you wear for a practice and what you wear mostly for a competition. So a lot of our members are asking, so since they want, since they Anthony and since they Eric and Philippe also like, what kind of gi should I wear for competition? Should I wear my, should I get this, wear my normal single weave gi? Should I go buy a double weave gi? Should I buy a, do I wear a blue gi? Should I bring a blue gi? Do I need to buy a blue gi? And the way we do it here in uh, the US is that your mandatory white gi on both, if it's mandatory white on the white side, if you want to wear blue gi on the blue side, that's up to you, but you have to change back and forth. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you cannot at all wear a blue gi on the white side, which there's always one guy, or if you get the tournament that always go there, just wearing a blue gi and they're like, what do you mean? I can't wear a blue gi on the white side. And it's like, it says in the rules there, it, you cannot wear a blue gi on the white really, side. Yeah. It's just really funny. Cause I mean, we, we already did a, some short videos briefly about geese. Um, I highly recommend people go check that out if they don't know that we did some short videos on the geese ready. And I felt like 
if you train judo, this shouldn't apply to you if you're not a competitor. Plus, if you're a competitor, your coach or your sensei should know this stuff, basically. And that's why we never felt like we <laughs> needed to talk about it. But apparently, after this past competition, <laughs> we do need to talk about it. And I, I guess it warrants the whole episode about it because it can be kind of confused. It can be kind of confusing. Yeah. And B, yeah. it's like, you guys should know this. Like, come on. But... Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, but I, I've literally been to clubs where there's uh, the coaches would basically spout rules that are out of date, out of date, basically to the competitors. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, since I'm a visitor, I felt like I shouldn't correct them or argue with mm-hmm. them about stuff and, um, things like grip rules. I'm like, okay with, but I think geese and <laughs> leg grabs are two things that I'm like, how are you not up to date with those rules? You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can get with like the little rules because there's slight rules changes almost mm-hmm. every year. Almost every year we have slight rule changes. Every four years after Olympics, we have major changes. And I understand it gets annoying and tedious to check them every year to see what the changes are in the length, the sleeves, the, the even like we call ju- this little side thing right now. We're going a little side tangent. We save single weave gi and double weave gi. A modern day double weave gi isn't a double weave anymore. A modern day double weave gi is a weave and a half, right? Yeah. Yes, is we yeah. weave and a half. And actually, as you know, I told you I've been doing some gi shopping. Um mm. I'll go more I'll go more into that later. But um I think we should really retire that term single and double weave and basically do what BJJ does or um I mean some manufacturers like Kusakuda actually mm. already does this, which is they state the um, gsm like the grams per square meter like how mm-hmm. thick it is per square meter basically that basically denotes how thick a gi is um i think uh don't quote me on this i think the old school double <laughs> weaves were between 750 and 850 and the current double weaves are between 650 and 750 i'm not quite sure and then like your typical bjj gi is like 500 450 600 around that that um that range and then your super lightweights would be like 400 350 um so yeah so a, i think we need to retire that term it's <laughs> <laughs> me like when you hear like a gi that thin it's like what am i wearing like a like a, a sheet over me am i wearing like yeah like, so, my, it's like so thin i just sound so like like almost wearing like a karate gi for the most it's really over. funny because <laughs> um i actually the, the brands like mizuno and kusakuras they list that number that i told you that I'm, I guess I'm already getting into the shopping because I've just recently <laughs> did some shopping on it. I, they list the numbers. You can find them for uh, Kusakura, almost all their geese, except for the, the two geese that I just, um, the, not two geese, the one gi that I bought just now was supposedly the most lightweight, but they never put the number on it. That was the only gi that hmm. I found that did not have a number on it. Um, Mizuno, some of them, they put it like, I think they're, normal like 750 gsm ones uh they put it but none of the other ones fuji fuji geese do not put them at all so when i order online i have absolutely no idea how thick they are so mm-hmm. maybe we can do another short video series comparing the thickness stuff. <laughs> we're gonna measure um, geese. <laughs> and, and for people like i know we're speaking and i know i noticed some people are speaking like we're speaking crazy like what are they talking about these numbers and we're literally talking about how thick the gi is because like like <laughs> terrible uh when there's certain ways when you feel a gi it's just it's, there's, a, there's a thickness to it there's yeah. like wearing a carpet almost sometimes with a real double weave gi it's crazy and that's what we're talking about how literally how thick the thread count is for the mm-hmm. gi so that's this is one of these crazy things that go into competition players so let me get back to um go back to rules and stuff so if you're on the white side you must wear white gi if you're on the blue side you have the option to wear a blue gi what we do now, I, I think it's an international thing. It's definitely a U.S. thing. And I think they did it in Canada also. So say I go there with only my white gi, which is fine. If I'm on the white side, I wear my white gi with a white belt. If I'm on the blue side, I can wear my white gi with a blue belt. No, so white gi with a white belt on the white side. And the blue, and the blue side, you're going to have your white gi with a blue belt showing the difference in size. Back in the old days... 
you wear your whitey on both sides and they'll just give you like a red belt to wear. They don't mm-hmm. give you, they would give like a red sash to wear. Red sash. And, then they would, and, and in some cases right now it's red sash and a white sash. So it's fair. You, you know what I mean? Like some people don't like <laughs> yeah. having something dangling around, yeah. but that way both red and white have to wear a sash and it will be more yeah. fair. To make it easier for lower tournaments, your, your local tournaments, your state tournaments and stuff, Usually it's you're allowed to wear white on both sides, just have to wear a different color belt for the side you're on. It's up to you if you want to wear blue on the blue side, but remember you are going to be changing in and out. And at a small tournament, you're usually not going to have that much time to be changing in and out of geese. You might, but you're, might, but you're most likely not. Now, if I go to uh, US Nationals, I have to wear a blue gi on the blue side and I have to wear a white gi on the white side for one of the big major tournaments. And same with international tournaments, you have to wear blue on blue and white on white. But when it comes to your small local tournament, just take your just take your white gi. There's no need mm-hmm. to take a blue gi. And if you take a blue gi because you want to be fun or different or be more professional, maybe remember you're gonna be changing back and forth. Don't go. Don't be trying to be like, oh, I'll wear my blue gi with my white belt on it and be like, I'm going to side. I've seen so many matches, not a whole, a handful, a handful this past weekend of guys trying to do that, guys and girls trying to do that, and be like, <laughs> ref, like, mate, stop. Uh, where's your they do the hand signal with their like they, they do like the like, hands and little stuff yeah. and be like where's your white gi and be like oh I, I don't have one or I just I just fought right now so I'm like, you gotta go change and they'll give you that minute on the clock or whatever it is minute half to go change really quick but yeah remember that that that's a little low level thing just something for white belts and some brown belts that just want to be cool and wear a blue gi tournament you can't i know you want to but you can't i'm sorry all right yeah white on white <laughs> blue side white on white side and a blue side white gi with a blue belt or you can wear your blue gi but remember you got to change all right it's funny because there was a guy that did that he only he only had a blue gi this past tournament uh, the oh was there one guy only had, okay there was the one guy who only had a blue gi and the ref told him like you you need to change that when you're on the white side and he they just let him continue wearing that blue gear. They let it slip did by. They? So this is like, oh. they, they did let it slip by. So um, I guess it's a small tournament and they just want to get it over with and not hold it up. Like, cause they were, they were going pretty fast. We were done by four, yeah. three or 4 PM. So well, once we got to the adults, I mean, it went pretty fast. Kids took forever, but once you yeah. got to the adults, there yep. was like, go, 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 go. But it's funny that you mentioned the thing. Cause um, that thing, cause uh Back in the day, Fuji made a double-sided gi. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I, it's like disgusting it's, gi. Yeah. It's disgusting. I swear, I would that, hate. I would hate the fight people wear those gi. If I saw it's someone extra it, thick, it's like gluing two pieces of gi together. That's how thick it, it was. It's, <laughs> so. it's that. But you're sweating on the inside. Then you reverse this, and all that sweat's on the inside. Now the sweat on the outside. I'm fighting them. Like, ah, I would hate fighting guys with that gi on <laughs> yeah so my my old sensei in austin had it and i think as a white belt when i was doing rinder with him i was i knew something was wrong like i can't get a hold of this <laughs> gi like he was also a double a double bit, <laughs> he's also this like kind of um what do you call it i don't want to say he's short because he's not but he's um stout stout and wide like you, you think of big one but lower center of gravity so mm-hmm. he's like, is a pretty low center of gravity. He has the one, ideal. <laughs> he has the ideal judo body, basically. So mm-hmm. very low center of gravity, really wide, hard to move. So it fills up the gi really tight. So it's mm-hmm. like this extra thick triple weave gi, double sided, white on one side, red, um, white on one side, and blue on the other. It's like so mm-hmm. hard to grip. But they don't sell that gi anymore, I think, because I was thinking no. of picking one up. But I th- I think tournaments said I can't remember like I don't know if it's a joke but I think I heard someone say that like tournaments got rid of it because it was they thought it was disgusting also I I'm just saying that it's to not me disgusting. Is disgusting. it's not fair that's just saying it's, <laughs> it's not, not, fair. not yeah. to have a quadruple weave gi <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the basis there with it comes to gi stuff now the other question I was getting from my players were uh, since if one should I buy a double weave gi or why do why do competitions people talk about bringing their double weave because they heard about the advanced people talk about oh I'm bringing my double weave or I just bought a new double weave for that or I'm doing this so the the thickness of a double weave gi is how Anthony just talked about right now it's harder to grab so it's a little bit of defense and uh one thing for you to know if it's a double weave or not just in visual a double weave gi is going to have this seam that's coming down the back 
And that little seam right there coming on the back makes it really hard to get over the top grips for most people. And for people like yep. me, like to get over the top grip, it makes it a little bit harder in competition to get the over the top grip because it's double thickness. So that's one of the main things. I like, talk about like judo armor. Your double weave is your judo armor for competition. You don't have to get a double weave competition, especially if you're a white belt, just beginner. You don't want to spend the money for it. You don't have to. But once you get the brown belt, I think you should be wearing a double weave for all your competitions at that point. Because think of it, if I'm wearing a single weave gi, my opponent's wearing a double weave and I'm having a hard time to grip him with his extra thick gi and I'm wearing this thin paper gi here and he just grabbed me whatever he wants and ragdoll me. Why am I going to give that person the advantage? As a white belt, it's okay because yep. you're just starting out. But once you get the brown belt or higher ranks, you need to start investing into getting a good double weave gi. I wear Fuji's. I used to wear Adidas, but Adidas don't make the double weave I like yeah. anymore. Yeah, they don't. So I moved on. So I moved over to Fuji after that. I still have an old school Adidas double weave one. I think it's like sandpaper. I'm it never going to get rid of it. I love that. As long as that gi still. Is that the one you ripped? No, I ripped those pants. It's actually funny. Those okay. pants finally ripped. <laughs> the pants ripped of all things, but the gi top is still there. It's made of steel, I swear. I never I was so I never a fan of the Adidas stripe, so I never actually got an Adidas gi. But uh <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a Mizuno and Kusakuda kind of guy. So mm -hmm. and, and what are your thoughts, Anthony, on double weave for between single the difference between like a single and double for competition? Well, now I feel like there's a much of a much of a difference with the new uh requirements well mm -hmm. that's not saying new requirements that confused that's confusing because recently there were new requirements mm -hmm. but um between the true double weave from back in the day versus the now 1.5 and the single weave i don't think there's much of a difference it is a little harder to grab than usual especially around the back but the collar itself and the rest of the gi like the sleeves and stuff there really isn't much difference um mm -hmm. Now, where the difference is, is it's hot as hell in the summer because I've mostly been training in summer, like hot climates like Texas and California. And yeah, single weave is the way to go. I really think if you buy a double weave, it for should practice. just be for used practice for, people. He's saying yeah, that for, for practice. practice. <laughs> yeah. If you buy a double weave, it should just be used for competition, especially since everyone knows the more you wash a gi, the more, which you should do every single after every single practice. That, the more you wash it, the more it's going to shrink. So I don't think anyone should be buying a double weave for training, like in general, unless they like how it feels and go ahead. But I don't think it feels really well because it's hotter. Um, they should just buy for competition. That's my opinion. And mm -hmm. if they buy for competition, they should only use it for competition to reduce the shrinkage. Because one of the first mistakes I did as a, I guess, a yellow belt, was I bought a double weave gi. Um, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was a food, a Mizuno, a, a Mizuno, my first Mizuno gi. I bought it at a competition and I also wore it to training because I liked it so much. Mm -hmm. And I would end up washing it. And then by, by the next competition, like six months later, it was already not legal anymore because it's- It shrank too like, much. <laughs> right here. And that's, more, I have long arms, so- when I bought it, it was already like barely touching the the legal mark. So mm -hmm. if you're sizing up and you don't have long arms like me and it's like it's coming up to maybe past your wrist, then maybe you have more wiggle room. But otherwise, if you're like me, where it's hard to find geese that fit properly, I would preserve a competition only geese just so it will last as long as possible, especially since double weaves are expensive compared to single weaves. Um, yeah. One other advantage of a double weave is they don't, no companies out there really make half sizes in for single weaves. Single weaves are always like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right? Mm -hmm. But the double weaves is where you start seeing the half sizes. So it's easier to find sizes that fit. Um, and when I went to Japan, I went to the Mizuno store. God bless that place, by the way. Um, the employee, I told the employee, I'm like, hey, I, Anthony's, when I was in the US. Anthony's Disneyland right there. Anthony's Disneyland. <laughs> So I told them when I usually buy Mizuno geese, I wore a 5.5, five, five mm -hmm. and a half. But they have like different sizes there at that store that were like long, like longer, shorter, longer sleeves mm -hmm. only, like 
So he measured me with the tools and basically said, you're actually a four and a half. Your top is a four and a half and your bottom is like a different size. Mm. And that gi I still have here. And I, I, I don't wear it because <laughs> I wanted to stay it's hanging up. It's it in fits a case. So nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it fits it's so nicely. Breakaway glass just in case yeah. only. <laughs> it fits so nicely that I want to, I don't want to wash it so much. So I'll probably wear it when I, um, on the next time I compete. And how about you don't wash it? You dry clean instead. Take the dry cleaners, you know. <laughs> I don't know with it. We should, someone should, should do a re, like someone should try. Maybe I'll try that and see if it actually <laughs> reduces strength, whether that would work. But that's pretty expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, might as well just buy another gi, a training gi. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, this and this, we're talking about sizes. This is before we even talk about materials. Like that gi. The material is just like so nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wish, um, <laughs> I, I wish, I really, really wish that it was cheaper. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've gone over what side is what color. We've gone over uh, the double weave and the single weave and stuff like for high competition. Oh, well, or before, before we move on, um, you mentioned like, we already mentioned when you should wear a color, uh, get a blue gi, but um mm-hmm. I also recommend as soon as you get a brown belt, when you get your brown belt, if you're actively competing, you should get a, a blue gi because some tournaments, even some small local tournaments, they'll have it. So brown and black belts have to have a blue gi on blue sides. Mm-hmm. That's not super common, but it's not uncommon either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would invest in that. Make sure you read the rules beforehand. Um, we'll probably repeat it many times, but... I mean, when was the last time a competitor read the rules? I don't know, because I (laughs) don't think I've seen anyone ever read the rules. But uh, as a coach, it's kind of your responsibility, too. So make sure you read the rules to see whether the bracket you're fighting in requires a a blue gi. And that is really confusing because I've actually been to a nationals tournament to coach and the referees themselves weren't sure. They were arguing yeah. amongst themselves whether that <laughs> bracket actually required a blue gi or not. So, and his own pulled yeah. out the flyer being like, see right here on page three, article C <laughs> section. <laughs> blue gi's mandatory on the blue side. Like, I remember that's how it was when I went to, uh, when I first, very first time I went to uh, U.S. Nationals, I was reading it. And um, this is USA Judo Nationals, first reading. I was like, blue gi man trying to blue side. I was like, shit, I got to bring a double weave white gi and a double weave blue gi with me. This is going to yep. be so heavy in my bag. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean. My, they get heavy in your bags, man. They're real heavy. <laughs> sometimes I envy smaller athletes because when they travel, they don't, they even they have to bring two gis, the gi is smaller, right? Mm-hmm. But when I'm a big guy, I have to carry two big gis and they don't increase the carry on size or whatever, <laughs> or your luggage size based off of your height, your size. So we <laughs> yeah. might bring, we're going to bring me and me being a minus 100 kilos and a minus 66 kilo guy. We're going to bring the same size suitcase, but my geese are going to take much larger space than they, theirs does. So you should put your gi inside their bag. <laughs> I take your blue gi, you take my blue gi. It's even, you know, we save space, you know? <laughs> yeah, or they should just sell sell really cheap gis. Like, um, <laughs> we're, we're kind of diverging. Let's talk about it later, because I do want to touch talk, on this topic later. Remind me, yeah. when we get to the later part, remind me of the story about, I'm trying to remember this, the story about Vegas. I'm going to tell you a story about Vegas. First, I want to compete in Vegas. So, okay. So we got into blue geese and stuff. We got about double geese. Now let's talk about gi length and things. Cause that's the only thing that people always get confused about. And Anthony talked about a little bit about the biggest one they talk, the biggest one that they always is the, I want to say that they pet peeve maybe, or the one they enforce the most is the sleeve length. And what they mean by that is that, okay. So most people, if you put your arm out, you're going to see this little crease, this little crease right here. It's on your wrist area. Like if you're watching a video, you can see where I'm pointing at. You're going to have this natural crease right there. If your gi, if it's pulled out straight and that gi does not touch that crease or is near that crease, your gi is illegal. That means that it's supposed to be equal opportunity for most, for both players. Your gi's equal, my gi's equal. We have equal opportunity to throw each other and grab each other. If your gi is shorter, if it goes up to your, past your wrist area, past your wrist area down here or something, or even further with like a really, I actually had a gi actually go, I think I had a gi one time shrink all the way down to here one time, (laughs) like way down my forearm and shrank. That is illegal in competition because you're not giving an equal opportunity to grab you. 
So what you're going to see them do, I was called like, it always looks like a drunk test to me. So they have you put your gi on, you straighten your gi out on you. You put your arms down to your side, out straight in front of you, hands up, (laughs) like a drunk test right now, hands up. And they're going to tug on your gi one time to see it to get it straight. If your gi does not touch that crease or is not near that crease at all, that gi is illegal and they tell you to go change it. Yep. That is the simple test that they do. If they do that and you think your gi is proper, it is the right length, which is going to be a hard argument with that one. You can ask to get the ruler out and they ask to do the measurement with the ruler, which they'll get really mad about that. And then you'll lose the match anyways, because they'll call anything against you. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the normal sleeve test. That's the big sleeve test right there. there there's new ones now this year. They're going to start enforcing. Um, I didn't see it super enforced at this tournament, but they, they're always saying the rules and the meeting and stuff. We're going to start enforcing these things. So the big one for the IGF is that now your skirt has to be longer now. And this more affects the big boys because big boys, like they'll get a size five gi that fits their arms great, but their skirt's really short. They'll have like, instead of a, to have like a five inch skirt or a six inch skirt, they'll have like a two inch skirt instead. <laughs> yep. So the rule now is that your skirt must cover your butt minimum. It must cover your butt now. And some of the competition, you see people out there with skirts that are barely covering their butt or aren't covering their butt at all. So now the visual is that if your geese pulled down straight and you turn around and stuff, your gi must be covering your butt. It's supposed to be you're covering your butt in how many centimeters or millimeters? And is 10, exactly? I think it was 10 cms longer than it passed covering your butt. Yeah. Yeah. But like the visual test now is must be covering your butt for, for some people. Yeah. They don't, they think it looks weird and stuff. We're going to end up looking like we're wearing like a Taekwondo or karate mm-hmm. geese. Like it look like they're wearing like almost like full length skirts sometimes with their geese. But again, it's about equal opportunity, you know, because if I tug on your gi and your skirts only an inch past your belt or something, and I tug on your gi, your gi's going to come out really fast, yep. really hard. And this is what someone told me a long time ago when I was first trying to understand the rules like, well, what's so bad about the gi being pulled out? And the guy said, okay, pull someone with their gi on, they're going to come to you. Pull someone with their gi out, it's going to be really hard to pull them because it's like yeah. pulling like on a sail. Like a sail, like, yeah, like a sail to like a boat. Like imagine pulling a sail to a boat, how long it is. I'm like, oh, okay, makes sense now to me. So think about that. Like go to your club, like if you, have, if you don't understand it, pull someone with their gi tugged in, like it's fully tucked in right there. Pull them, see how easy they come. Then have them pull out their gi and try to pull them again. You're going to see like there's another foot right there. You have to pull the guy because their gi's going to be pulling all the way across. Yeah, I think a couple more other reasons related to what you said is like, um, I mean, before they enacted the rule where you had to keep tucking your gi in, which is like a year or two ago, I believe, they started doing that. Um, you would see people purposely pull their gi out. Yeah, and actually, there was that Egyptian guy that got disqualified. I I saw at least two people that got disqualified for pulling their gi out over and over again after the mm-hmm. new rules enacted. Yeah, they probably weren't sure of the new rules, or they were mm-hmm. just habit, or they thought they could get away with it. Exactly, um, but it was that. Another <laughs> thing is pro- my yeah my my uh, one hypothesis I have is that they want to stop these like really unorthodox looking throws from happening, like mm-hmm. um. One example would be Salid Mulai, um, the ex-Iranian judoka who was went to Mongolia and now is in Azerbaijan. I think. Yeah, yeah. He would. He there was a highlight clip of him grabbing the skirt and then doing some crazy sode looking. It's not sode because it's not a sleeve, but sode <laughs> Surikomagoshi looking throw from the from mm. the skirt grip. Uh, hold on a second. Oh my. Got a warning that my phone was overheating. Sorry. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, I had to take it off the charger. Um, yeah, so basically there's that. And then there's another clip of people getting away with the no touching the leg rule by mm-hmm. grabbing the skirt and then like wrapping it around. So they're, the rest of their mm-hmm. arm is touching the leg for leverage, but they're actually just gripping the skirt. So I mm-hmm. think that those unorthodox throws with that grip is what they also want to avoid for people to skirt around the leg wrap roll and also doing these technically kind of dangerous moves. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's just one thing I thought that, um, was probably why they want to keep, they're so obsessed with keeping the, the geese tucked in. I'm really, 
Yeah, I'm really wondering how it'd be for the big guy, like you said, the big boys <laughs> with um the big <laughs> belly. How it's you know how it's going to eat up more fabric. So then, how yeah. long is it actually going to have to be, right? And what happens if you're BDs. big but you're not like you're talking? Yeah, you have to get it custom made, right? And mm-hmm. what happens if you have a big butt? <laughs> you got to get bigger like knee, round out and <laughs> yeah, big butt. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's gonna be, well, that's gonna be the next part of my of the thing is I okay. So the next one they're going to visualize is the, the skirt now. Yeah. After that, now now they're making that we're talking about keeping the gi inside. Now the gi has to cross your belly now because again, if you watch some competitions when it comes to the big boys, sometimes mm-hmm. their belly is almost coming out and they're like, like I've seen some guys with a belly button showing their gi just like. Coming across yeah, a little the, bit. when they're tucking in, they're using two <laughs> fingers like this to pinch yeah. it and pull it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got a little belly button sticking out, it's barely crossing. So, that's a new big thing, also. I think again, to probably go to your thing about keeping the skirt inside so people can't use it against them, get more cleaner throws, and probably a little bit less dangerous. Get your fingers caught in it because yeah. I've had that happen before. That's actually how I dislocated a finger one time, was that way. Yeah is that now your gi has to cross your belly cleanly, like a clean judo gi. So the yeah. only part that should be showing is your upper chest, not just your belly button showing, like it actually yeah. has to cross all the way. So I know some people will try to get like a skinnier gi or they try to get what they call like a European cut back in the day or skinny gi. You can't do that. You have to, it's not equal, it has to be equal opportunity. Your gi has to be equal to my gi, it has to be fair all the way across. So that's another thing that if they look at you and your gi isn't crossed and they give you that hand crossing to cross that gi, and if it's not crossing, you're seeing your belly sticking out, they might tell you to go put on another gi, all right? And it doesn't matter if that's blue or white, whatever. If it's not crossing, if the skirt area is too short, your belly sticking out too much, they're going to tell you to go change your gi. And that's why nowadays you're seeing these people wearing an IGF gi now at tournaments because their gi wasn't legal. If you see anybody wearing an IGF patch on their back and say their country patch, that's because their gi was not legal now. Yeah, they've so been a lot. They've been a lot more lenient because of the supply chain issues and all that stuff. So, I they're like, we're not going to strictly enforce the the butt of uh, the skirt over the butt rule for next remainder of the year, I believe, because of the supply chain mm-hmm. issues. And they're trying to give the manufacturers time to create these new gis and ship it out and for people to procure them and that's why you're when i noticed in the last couple of tournaments you actually see some people with like really long skirts and some with like really short skirts because some people have and some people don't and Mm -hmm. i think it's the advantage isn't isn't that big for it to matter that much Mm -hmm. i think um and i think they announced that leniency after uh what's her name uh, Bouchard from France complained about it on social media about the gi check protocol and how they were mm-hmm. waiting for hours for people to check the gi. And what was the Italian guy's name that I don't like? <laughs> um, oh, uh, uh, that kid, I, yeah. I, um, he's a gold medalist, but I forgot his name because yeah. I don't like him. You don't like uh, him so much. <laughs> but anyway, like, but a bunch of people were complaining about the key check protocol. And afterwards, they were like, okay, remainder of the year is going to be easier. Uh, we're going to be mm-hmm. more lenient. Main, main thing is about the sleeve. Um, yeah. And this is talk a lot. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was uh, going to say, talk- like, this is. all right right. and this is mostly for high level competition like this stuff gets enforced at local and national competitions also more at nationals less at locals but at some locals you might get an old school sensei that's very strict on it and might tell you this so i'd rather you just be safe and safe and ready than have to go there and have to borrow a friend's gi or have to borrow a teammate's gi or something and that's the worst is when like your gi they say is too short too messed up and you get your teammate that just fought and you have to put on his dirty ass gi or her dirty ass gi that's the worst i hate that oh man i hate doing that i've only had to do it a few times but i'm usually really good at it i'm usually really strict on my own gis personally i get why they enforce so what i was going to say was i get why they enforce the the sleeves mostly but mm-hmm. I really think like touching the wrist and not touching it doesn't really make a huge difference. But they're so, like you said, anal about it touching the wrist that they're like, this is too short. But it's like, mm-hmm. come on, I literally bought this ski like earlier in the year and I washed it like five, six, seven times. And now it's like not legal. Like, I, am I supposed to? This is, goes back to what we said about local competitions. Like, do you, if you had to buy a new gi every year to compete, I would just be like, I'm not competing or I'm never, ever washing my gis again. Because <laughs> like, one or the other. It's a, it's <laughs> like, a conspiracy. It's big gi. It's big gi trying to make us buy gis every year. That's what it is. All right. It's big conspiracy Mizuno. theory. It's big Mizuno it's big and Mizuno. big Fuji. <laughs> 
<laughs> somebody, hey, you want to change some links again? <laughs> yeah, so I think they, they should be more lenient about the, the for local tournaments, a little more lenient about the, um, the sleeve. I understand you need like a, a draw the line at some point, but mm. just use your common sense. Like, I mean, the refs are already making subjective ass calls anyway, so <laughs> might as well make subjective calls on the sleeve length, right? Yeah. I think the length is not as, as important as how baggy the um, the sleeve is, like how mm-hmm. far down it hangs. Because um, I'm going to use a perfect example here. Um, a while back on Reddit, there's a BJJ black belt guy who's also a judo brown belt, uploaded a video of him doing a certain throw. I can't remember what throw, but um, one of the major comments, he asked for feedback. One of the big comments that, a lot of people said it was like you need to grab higher up like you're grabbing too low on the sleeve and um everyone's like yeah yeah yeah. you you need to grab by the elbow kind of like how we teach beginners you have to grab by the elbow mm-hmm. and since i trained both i kind of found, figured out i'm like yeah you do have to grab the elbow but i noticed the partner was wearing a tight ass beach jakey <laughs> mm-hmm. it's harder to grab by the elbow if you know what if you guys ever sparred against the person with a really tight BGJ key, you know, like when people bend their elbows like this, like yeah. when they grapple, like put their hands up, it tightens up that fabric near the elbow area. It's really hard to get a good grip there. Um, and even if you get it, it's like you don't get the same like full grip that you do in most with most judo geese. So mm. I personally, when I go to BGJ class, I also grab further down in the sleeve because of that reason. Um mm-hmm. Because that's where I can get a good grip, and I, that makes a huge difference. Um, and because of the way that you pull and the techniques. And do you remember that time when I was practicing this very specific version of Uchimata, and I just couldn't get it? And Philippe came by and was like, "You need to grab higher up near the elbow," mm-hmm. and I, I landed it right away. Mm-hmm. That was when I realized, oh, like just that, like little further up on the sleeve grip made such a huge difference on on the execution of the technique so mm-hmm. i think people need to check how baggy the gi is more so than the <laughs> length i mean as long as the length mm-hmm. isn't coming halfway up your up your forearm <laughs> i think it's fine well so. that brings me to our next point right there so in judo our gis are baggy it's because like i said it's supposed to be equal opportunity i give you equal opportunity you give me a, a equal opportunity by wearing a fair gi now in judo our gis are baggier and in BJJ, their geese are tighter to their body because they're more tapered to them to give their opponent less of its opportunity. There's not the whole thing about like, you get equal opportunity, I get equal opportunity. In BJJ, you can wear different cuts, different sleeve lengths, different uh, body things. Like there's um, like, I, there was a gi one time. I don't know if uh, Hibus still made it, but it was a really cool gi I saw at, a, at an MMA show. I went to the, I went, and it was this gi that they had and it was stretchy. It was literally, it was like a judo, it was a gi, but it stretched. And I was like, this is blowing my mind here. So this goes into the next part of it. And you said you saw someone do this, and it's actually happened to me at a before. Mm -hmm. At a judo tournament, you are supposed to only wear a judo gi. Mm -hmm. Now, your dojo might have different rules that if you have a blue or white judo BJJ gi, you can train in it. No problem. But when you go to competition you're supposed to only be wearing a judo gi. You are not allowed to wear a BJJ gi at judo competitions. And uh, Anthony brought this up because at this competition, I saw a guy wearing a BJJ gi, but I thought he had to change it. Anthony told me, so you saw him compete the entire time with it? Yeah, he competed the entire time with it. And I mean, I didn't notice that at first until I saw the Carson, Carlson Gracie back patch. Then I looked closer. I'm like, that's a BJJ gi. And uh-huh. I mean, I I don't think you can expect the refs to know about all the geese out there. So they probably thought I think something you good. should. Well, I definitely think you should. But it, it goes back to why I said, right, they're so overly emphasizing on the length of the sleeves that they just check the length of the mm-hmm. sleeve and they don't check the rest of it. And unless you're like me, who just goes gi shopping and trains both BJJ and judo, I can tell the difference between these gi brands because there's so many gi brands out there, right? Um. Mm-hmm. Even though, even outside the major Fuji, Mizuno, Kusakura, there's still like Green Hill is one and uh, Yawa, mm-hmm. not Yawada. Um, there's uh, Stars in the, there's a, a one, one brand of Stars in the H that I forgot. And then 
There's uh, uh, Matsuri, Matsu, Matsuda. I forgot mm. the name. Uh, Travis, my friend, has that. Um, there's Adidas, and then there's like all these other geese, right? Yeah. And even within Fuji, Fuji geese, there's also you gotta differentiate the lines between the judo line and the BJJ gi lines that Fuji has. Yeah. So I understand if a ref, even if they know, unless they check for the IJF label or say only Mizuno Fuji or whatever is allowed, then I mm-hmm. you can't expect them to know the difference between the BJJ well, geese and judo geese. And I, re- also, one more thing. What mm-hmm. if they bring a BJJ gi that is really baggy, like they triple sized up and it was actually illegal? Does that mean, oh, it's a BJJ gi is not allowed? Like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. To me, it's not. To me, if it's a BJJ gi, it should not be allowed in that period. But I guess it's also because you and me are more open about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like, I can visually see a gi and I can tell by just by the look at the cut if it's a BJJ or judo gi. And there's the, there's the one visual test I've talked about when we did our gi videos. Uh, judo gi has two different cut. I mean, two different uh, quiltings, I guess you say. So the upper part is like the pearl quilting, the pearl uh, sewing, I guess you call it. And the bottom part is like a quilt. It's like a quilt quilting at the bottom of the skirt area. Uh, BJJ gis don't have that. It's the same pearl the entire way down. There's no quilt at the bottom. So even just a visual, just looking at gi skirt, yeah. I can tell. I can look at it and be like, oh, that's a BJJ gi. Even if I I'm look actually, at the sleeves, I'm actually I can a tell. huge fan of the pearl weave, just so you know. It's really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you talk about it all the time and stuff, but so I have a little bit of grudge against this because a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, when I was a white belt, <laughs> I was at one of my like early tournaments. I was doing really well. I was in the finals with me and this other guy. And I noticed the guy the entire time had a BGJ gi. He, he looked like a damn NASCAR driver, had all the stickers and all the stuff all over it. And after every match, I would hear a coach because it was just me and Matt from ourselves went to this tournament by ourselves. And um, after every match, a coach would like pretty much say like, oh, that guy's a BJJ gi on. Oh, he has a BJJ And it's like, and I'm like, whatever. I don't care. I'll throw him anyways. And when I went against him in the finals, I grabbed him. I went in for my Taitoshi or uh, went for Taitoshi or Seotoshi, one of those two throws. And I went and grabbed and he pulled back and I just lost my grips. They were like, poof, gone. I was like, oh, now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> So I trolled up and stuff. And he tried to do Nawaza with me, got back up. And again, like I tried throwing him. The entire match was me grabbing, trying to throw him, and him trying to do Nawaza with me. And I think maybe he fought a throw and got like Wazadi on me. But either way, I lost that match. I didn't get choked out or armbarred or nothing. But I lost that match, I think, because of Wazadi. But ever since then, I totally understand why it's not fair because he could grab my gi easily, no problem, because I'm wearing a judo gi. But I could not get a good grip on him. I could grab him good. But I couldn't because he was fighting so much. And at that point, I didn't know enough differences to what to do with grips and stuff. Now it would be fine with me. But back then, I was just doing plain straight judo as a white belt. So I totally understand the difference and how it's not fair that I'm giving you this and you're not. So I have another second story about this. Mm -hmm. Another funny story. Now it's to tell you about Vegas. So the first time I went to Vegas for a tournament, and it's the first time this Vegas dojo had this tournament a long, long time ago. It's a terrible run tournament. There's two mats, like 100 people showed up. It was crazy. But because in Vegas, all these BGJ guys want to come and test themselves, but they all brought BJJ geese. <laughs> and this is the first time, the only time I've ever seen uh, USJA, I think it was that was doing this, USJA enforce the rules and they're making announcements. If you have a BJJ geese, you will have to change your geese. And it was our, what's the Adidas seller out here's name? Oh, whatever. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Made a killing basically. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause he had to, st- he had to stand there and all these BJJ guys had to go buy judo geese. And he just ran it. He's like, I'm running out of geese guys. This is great. Like I mean, kill. Yeah. Just so made all this money. I don't know if it's always true, but um, to give a, a tip to those, those guys out there, um, the blue gi I have in my closet right now, I got it at a judo tournament and I went there in the morning to look at the geese at the stall at the, um, I think it was, I want to say it's Hatashita sports or that was there. And then, um, I looked at it and then tried it on. I'm like, Oh, let me think about it. I'll come back at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I can like think about whether I really need the ski. I was still a white belt or yellow belt at the time. So came back at the end of the day and there was only like two geese left, two of that size left. And then the woman's like, I'll cut you a deal. I'll give you like a twenty to thirty dollar discount if you buy mm-hmm. it. So if you're if you're at a tournament, go at go towards the end of the day before they're closed and 
they might be able to give you a discount is one one would say so yeah they don't want happen to me they don't want to take it home you know they don't want to take it back to stores like i brought it here why don't i get rid of it but yeah so that's a big thing right there and i know some bgj guys get upset about that sometimes because mm-hmm. they'll come to our dojo they'll come to our dojo even sometimes it's more like a black or green or um those are two other colors i see the most are black and green and we tell them like for your first day you can wear that today but if you become a full member you're gonna practice regularly you have to get a blue or no white i key. think i think we don't even allow we only allow white and blue no no but i'm saying like, i've i've seen it a, a few times not we don't do it all the time but okay. we tell people we're a traditional judo club you must wear blue or white you can't become yeah. with some black bjj or pink bjj or green bjj or red bjj or yellow bjj i don't know what other colors they have out <laughs> there but just so you guys know when you guys go to competition if you go wearing a beachy jake, you think you might slip through the cracks or something. You might, you might, you might, but you might not. And then you might have to go buy a brand new gi at the dealer there or borrow your homies. All right. So you're not allowed to wear it. Just don't chance it. That's my thing. Okay. Yeah. And it's also not fair. Like, don't cheat. Don't cheat like that. Okay. We're being cool. We're letting you come to the judo tournament. Don't cheat. Yeah. Even the tournament aside, like I've seen people, especially in beginners classes, when they don't have that grip developed, it's hard for them to grab it and practice so it's not really fair for your training partner to have to grab that it's it's hard right mm-hmm. and um i understand if it's your first class you're trying it out and stuff like we talked about um but i've actually seen people like either purposely buy a bjj key or they take their judo gi and get it tailored to be really <laughs> slim fit because it looks nicer or mm-hmm. you know I think that's just like really selfish. Like, yeah, I know Shintaro Shintaro does did that, but he's a sensei. So he's like just wearing like instructed most of the time. So I think he gets a pass. But um, if you're like an actively training like yellow belt or something or orange belt and you like go buy a super slim gi or get your gi tailored, I think that's kind of a dick move. So well, it's also that opinion. if you. Well, it is a dick move and it's being an asshole. But the thing is, here it is also. You're practicing wearing that BJJ gi or that slim fit gi or Euro cut gi, they call them nowadays. You're practicing with that gi. When you go to competition and if you get called out wearing that gi and now you have to wear someone else's gi or go buy a regular fit gi, there's going to be things that you're a muscle, that you're muscle memory trained to do with that slim fit that ain't going to work no more. Like just pulling your elbow up and away isn't going to break a grip no more. Like it will in a slim fitter BJJ gi. Yeah. So if you're wearing regular gi and you pull that elbow thing up and you're like not letting go, I'm sorry, but you might get freaked out because yeah. in your competition, that person's going 110%, you're going 110%, and now you're, you can't do what you normally do. That's mm-hmm. when things get ugly, sloppy, and dangerous. It's funny that you mentioned the grip breaks because I've been to certain BJJ, especially on this trip, I've been to some BJJ clubs where they teach grip breaks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that grip break would not work if the guy was wearing <laughs> not even a judo, not even a judo gi, just like mm-hmm. a baggier a jacket. Gi. It would not work on someone. Yeah, basically on on a baggier BJJ gi with mm-hmm. someone who has like decent grip strength because yeah, judokas like have really good grip strength, right? So if you put a judoka in that gi in a um in that situation with the baggier BJJ gi, I'm like that grip break would not work because. A lot of these places aren't actually teaching proper grip breaking techniques. Um, mm-hmm. Like like the details, well, like the angle that you should pull it up, pull it away as. They just say, yeah. "Oh, you pull it away like this, and it'll pop off." I'm like, "Yeah," because <laughs> he's holding it with like two fingers, you know. So. <laughs> he's all, the tweezers is trying to hold it here, like trying to hold <laughs> yeah. on to the guy. <laughs> and for uh, non visual listeners, I'm holding like the salt guy. I'm holding that's I'm holding <laughs> salt key, pinky up, holding like the salt dude right there. <laughs> that's I'm holding the key. But yeah, it's it's. I'm not saying that stuff's not going to work. I don't want to get heat from BJ fans out there. It's just. You have certain things that work in a BJJ gi and things that work in a judo gi. And like I said, like if I'm holding a guy in a BJJ gi, I have to get a really good whole hard grip on the guy so that it doesn't pop off. And if you try to pop my hands off with, if you're trying to grab my gi, a judo gi using a BJJ trying to pop off stuff, it's not exactly going to work. It probably won't work. It might work. It might not work. Okay. But just to let you know, it's not hundred percent. There's different things that work for different gis. I can do a lot. You, I can do a lot of things easier in a BJJ gi than I can in a judo gi. After, like there was a, yeah, I'm sounding like I'm complaining now, but uh, again, like there's this um, 
catch wrestling BJJ guy that I follow on Instagram and he was doing a BJJ class and he was teaching. Uh, so it was a grip. So, you know, in, it's an old school grip thing from the eighties. I think it was when I used to say it the most. So in judo, where if a guy grabs my gi and I can use the outside knee attack to get his hand off and stuff, mm-hmm. you have to hit that outside knee attack really hard in real life to get that gi- yeah. to get that grip off. Okay. You have to heal it really hard. When he did his BJJ class, he like barely tapped the person's hand and their hand flew yeah. off. He's like, see, there's a great escape right here. You just barely touch on it. It's like, no, no. In a judo gi, that's not going to work. Like you literally have to like almost knee that yeah. hand off the person. <laughs> get that hand off in a bjj pants or gi and stuff what he was holding like yeah because they're tighter to you a little taps gonna work but in a judo gi that like that little tap is nothing <laughs> that is not gonna work <laughs> yeah we're getting into like grip fighting discussion which is, i know and there's, a lot of fa- there's a lot of factors involved um sometimes you don't want the, to break that grip sometimes it's like it's not a big deal you lose it because you just regrip right away but um yeah we're Let's not go yeah. into that. We're trying to get, um, we're trying to talk about geese there, stuff we saw. <laughs> so before I talk about my, something else about the gi, um, I want to talk about pants. Like we keep talking about the top, but we haven't talked about the pants. And that's not the most enforced part is the, is the top. Yeah. I, I mean, the <laughs> pants is like, as long as it's not super short, um, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I really hate, I, I basically think judo has the pant judo pants, have it down they are like the best pants mm. except for the mizuno hayato which i complained about in our bg uh our, our short video it's like the worst pants i've ever worn but um bjj pants for some reason they always have this like really premium thick band around the waist and then like the string is like super mm. thick and it always comes loose i i always have to retie my freaking pants all the time in bjj i almost never have to do it with my judo pants even though it's just a string mm-hmm. i'm actually thinking about pulling out the the um, all the strings in my bjj pants and replacing it with judo string pants um strings or just wearing my yeah. judo pants they're, yeah they're like they're like a cords or like rope almost that they yeah. have to tie around yeah and also i think the premiumness of the bjj pants just make it feel like I'm wearing a pair of jeans. I don't know. Some people might like that, but mm-hmm. I like how thin the judo pants are and how they're, they're thin yet. They feel comfortable and not like you're wearing paper, like mm-hmm. BJJ pants. Some of them feel like they're cheap paper. Some of them feel like you're wearing, it's too thick. It's like wearing some sweatpants or joggers or something. So I think judo has the pants down. Mm-hmm. I just wish they were slimmer. <laughs> like That's <laughs> my only complaint. Mm-hmm. Now with the comes to judo pants about, now this is very rare. Like unless it's super rare, do you ever see someone get called on with pants? But it's basically that your pants must come down, not touch your ankle, but around the ankle area. Mm-hmm. If your pants are coming up, to like you can see your calf and stuff, like you're wearing capris or something like, yeah. those pants are not legal. All right, you have to get longer pants. I've rarely ever seen that super enforced. But if it's blatant, like a person wearing shorts, almost a capris, they're gonna tell you to change. But the length is supposed to be down, uh, right above your um, ankle. That the ankle bone, what's that, yeah. what's that little knob? Whatever that knob is called right there. <laughs> you got like an inch or two gap, inch or two area yeah. you're allowed to play with right there to that's the length that you have to be. But it has to be down that that area. I'm pointing at my own leg, I guess, to see it. It has to be down in that area. I'm gonna pull my leg up here. So it has to be around. <laughs> but yeah, it can't be wearing capris, guys. If you're wearing the ladies also, you can't be wearing capris to do judo competition, then you're gonna get called. And if, yeah, if you're anywhere near, you're gonna start seeing calf area, mm-hmm. they're gonna get called on it. Has to be down by that little ankle bone, the little knob that sticks out. All right. Yeah. One other What's thing the I don't thing? get, I, I mm. one other thing I don't get is why BJJ geese have so many hoops, loops. You know what I'm talking about? Like for the string. Mm-hmm. They have like mm. my judo, my judo gi only has one or two loops on them, and yeah, the BJJ one has sometimes have two right next to each other, and then one in the middle, and then two next to each other, and two on the <laughs> side. I'm like, well, why? Why do you, the belts? I mean, the the rope's not going to fall off if you tie it tight enough. So, <laughs> if anyone knows out there, let us know, please, in the comments. <laughs> more complaining about the rope is they're usually really long after you tie it, so it's just like hanging there, and then mm-hmm. with some grappling on the floor, it'll just come loose again. So you have to tuck it into your pants, and then like I don't know, that's just disgusting to me that you're you're 
drawstrings like rubbing against your junk like inside the whole time so <laughs> when you're doing this is a terrible <laughs> question now this is horrible but has anyone ever tried to pull your pants string apart while doing it was no. or somebody like, try to be like oh, right down do there that? be like i don't know because in bj they use everything to tie tie your hands up it makes together, me wonder right? I'm gonna undraw your pants and use that to use that rope to yeah. hold your hand together. Yeah. What What if I do that in BJJ to choke? People? I don't think there's a rule against it, right? <laughs> yeah. It'll be like choking someone with a telephone cord. <laughs> if people still know what that is, yeah. <laughs> a tele- What's a telephone cord? <laughs> <laughs> you mean oh, the charger? Old. My phone? My cell phone charger cable? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your your cell phone charger cable. Yeah. 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 What is that one? <laughs> No, but, is there anything um, else about geese that you want to talk about, Anthony? I just basically like, want to talk about how I'm frustrated about the amount of choices that we have for judo geese in a mm-hmm. way. Um, because they're standardized, like we said, because all these rules are so standardized, mm-hmm. people weigh in without their geese on in judo. Yeah. But versus mm-hmm. in jujitsu, there's so many variations to thickness, styles length cuts weaves everything that people have to weigh in with their gi on because mm-hmm. it'll be unfair otherwise so it's like do you decide to lose more weight to wear a thicker gi or do you want to lose less weight and wear a heavier uh a thinner gi? Gi. yeah so yeah but for me it's mostly about traveling like traveling with a bjj gi is super easy like i I just bring the thinnest gi I own, which is like 350 uh, GSM, and mm-hmm. does in my suitcase. It only takes up like um, a quarter of the space or less. Um, but my judo gi takes up half to three fourths <laughs> of the half of the suitcase. Um, mm-hmm. It just takes way too much space. So why don't we have like a manufacturer out there that makes like a travel like a thin judo? I, I just remind this, remembered something that I haven't mentioned, but um, a thin judo gi for traveling basically just doesn't pack up full. And when you're training at a local club, no one's going to care that your gi is um, super thin, right? Mm-hmm. They will care if it's not baggy enough, like we talked about, how it's annoying when you, it's hard to grip up. But if it's thin, nobody really cares. And I'm actually personally looking into like contacting some of the manufacturers in Pakistan well- and Riddle me this. Like make it make something. I, ha- I have one for you. Okay. And we did okay. sell it at our dojo a long, I, long time I, ago. I, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah. I so we, they had the Adidas, <laughs> uh, the Adidas practice gi or the summer gi, they called it. Mm-hmm. And that thing was like paper thin judo gi. I remember some students buying that gi when we had it in stock. And I was like, this gi cannot be legal. I, I was scared of them tear this gi off some people when they bought you it. You have to market it differently. That's what I think. Uh-huh. It can't be like a karate gi, but remember, remember when we were ordering more gis for the dojo on the mm. Fuji site, and I yeah. said, "Oh, they have this like beginner gi that's like super cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it so cheap? Why is it? It looks the same as a single weave. Like, why is it so cheap?" So when I went to Seattle, I went to the dojo. I went to there was one guy wearing that gi, mm-hmm. and that gi feels like a towel. It's like <laughs> it doesn't feel like a gi. It feels like a towel, like a uh-huh. white towel a bathrobe or something mm. and let's just say it, it didn't feel nice it felt really weird grab um yeah that, that gi felt really weird i wouldn't recommend anyone buying that that gi um yeah. just spend the 10 extra dollars on the fuji single weave that's much better um well it's up but to yeah, you to like, spend the 10 less just, dollars and we, get the thinner gi it's up to you yeah i think there is a market there for people to travel and train with a judo gi like just get something that's super light that's like bjj thin but in a judo cut that's Mm -hmm. that's all you have to do but um (laughs) maybe if someone tried and didn't make enough money but i would personally like i'd be willing to pay like a premium gi price for the luxury of not having to lug this like waste space in my my luggage basically um Mm -hmm. like i had to check a bag a whole suitcase just so I can carry my geese around for the yes. You took like six geese with you on your trip. No, I took two, and the end I only took two geese, and it took the it took up the whole suitcase. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. one judo one I'm judo gi, one judo gi, one BJJ gi, and uh, rash guards and shorts, spats. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, travel gi. Let 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 me know in the comments if 
any of you are would be interested in that. So, I mean, like I said, I was in the beginning of the episode, I'm really busy right now, but that's something I, <laughs> I care enough about where I would like custom order it just for myself, even if nobody wanted to. Mm. But as you know, we do a group order volume discounts, right? Yeah. You order a hundred geese. Fine each unit is I'll cheaper. buy one with, fine. <laughs> okay. You bully me into it. Fine. I'll buy one with you. But my only problem with that with the Adidas one that we did mm-hmm. sell for a little while. And for some reason to me, just looking at it visually, it looked mm-hmm. like a white belt key. It looked like I couldn't see a black belt wearing this key. It looked like a white belt key, just the way it was made, the way it was tailored. Just it looked like this key only belongs Juan, on white belts. It's because you have a white belt mindset, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> but this um, key only belongs on white belts. I need a black belt key. <laughs> before I or like I think I told you my Fuji single weave. I'm trying to decommission it because it's starting to get all these stains that no longer come off anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I'm been looking around and I have that Mizuno Hayato, which is the thinnest gi I have, but the quality, the quality is so bad and it shrunk so much that it's like, I, I don't wear it and the pants, I hate it. So what I ended up ordering was a Kusakura green label gi. It's like their lightest gi available and they recommend it for teenagers, high school students, I think, or juniors, <laughs> junior high school students uh-huh. um, to wear for competitions and stuff. And it's light. Okay. So uh, I have that coming from Japan. Uh, I'll see how thin that is, whether that fits my needs. If it, if I still find it too thick, then I'm I'm gonna have to go that custom route and this go guy, make my own gi. Keep my t- first official oh. first official Tatami talk gi. <laughs> oh, can we get Tatami talk on the on the side right here instead of a flag? It's Tatami talk on their shoulders. Tatami talk gi. No, I don't, <laughs> probably label it something else. But I mean. I think there's a market for it. Um, Globetrotters, like BJJ Globetrotters, has sells this really thin gi. I want to know what uh, material they use. Um, and I was also considering at one point just ordering a all white, no patches BJJ gi and size up like two or three sizes, and maybe you can get away with it. But again, I think it's the bagginess mm-hmm. of the sleeves that's the problem, not the length itself. So. Um, but I also want a summer BJJ gi, so maybe that'll be my next keeper. I I just got rid of two gis, and I'm buying more again. So this guy, but this guy knows. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else that we think that our competition friends should know about taking a gi for competition? Blue side, white side, belts to wear, belts to get. Anything else? No, I think for your recreational person, just buy a. Buy a single weave for training and then go to a couple competitions with it. And if you're serious and you enjoy competing, get a double weave, get a white double weave, actually. And just mm-hmm. save that for yeah, competition. Get, do your first and, double. You should be yeah. a white double weave, please. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get a blue blue I, I I know it looks cool, but a lot of people like a lot of beginners are beginners class got blue keys and I have to warn them, you know, it bleeds, right? <laughs> but it's not just bleeding blue geese also shrink more because of the dying process um so it'll be like different just stick to a white gi and then when you get to your brown belt or whatever or if you really want to then get a blue gi but if you get to your brown belt level that's when i th- suggest you start investing in your first blue competition gi and um make sure you read the rules like eat, not even let's not even talk about the geese just we should read the rules <laughs> of what you're signing up in for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if the competition says like, if you get second place, you actually like if you fight in judo and you lose, you actually die in real life. Like <laughs> you sign that <laughs> sign that waiver without reading. You sold then, your soul to the judo then, gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah or, it's, or it's like if you lose, then you have to referee for the next tournament. Like you don't know what you're signing up for, right? Uh. Yeah, some sometimes it's like especially recently I've noticed there are some tournaments where um, novice adults are not allowed to choke. Mm-hmm. And that's a relatively recent thing that I've seen and you really should look at the rules and see what you're signing up for. So you don't get disqualified and you're not signing up for things that you're not, you don't know that you're signing up for. Like for a while drop Seoenage or Seotoshi was another thing that was like some tournaments allowed to some don't for novice. Um, and then for BJJ, for me, what I look out for is Kani Basami scissor takedown, like whether they allow that or not. I'm not signing there, up for any There ain't no turn that, that allows that. There ain't no turn going to be like one day, for one day only, one time, 
We're alive. Know, Coming beside me today. Hey, we, I don't know. Maybe some, some people here train freestyle judo or some <laughs> other judo rule set. And it's like, okay, this is like traditional <laughs> Kodokan judo. From the 60s and like oh that sounds fun let me sign up for it connie basami <laughs> <Kami Basami, laughs> like, <laughs> so i think grooming the shit yeah. out of people <laughs> just read the rules make sure don't just leave it as a coach you should read it anyway and then um coaches should be going to the morning coaching clinic uh not coaching clinic coaching meeting coaches coaching meeting, meeting coaches meeting anyway but um i understand you don't want to show up early and wait like six hours but Otherwise, just read at least read the rules is what I'm saying. Um, sometimes it can get really complicated. The the rules, just like another example would be how remember the Mikhail thing, how he actually fought in a novice bracket, but he beat a brown belt in a novice bracket, and then it was in the rules. Yeah. For some reason, the U.S. Open, the rules say that it was just black belt and brown and novice, which makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't know why you would do that, but <laughs> apparently mm-hmm. brown belts are novice in that tournament. I didn't know that because that's the only tournament I've been to that. Well, I haven't been to the only <laughs> tournament I've seen where brown belts are novice. I'm not talking about combining brackets. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about literally it's, it's not like someone didn't show up and then you, you're like, oh, do you want to fight up a bracket or something or fight up they a weight class? Up, no. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not like that. It's literally the rules. He linked it to me, said novice and brown belt <laughs> will be put together. I'm just like, OK, so, you again, you never know what you're signing up for. So don't just say, well, the last 10 tournaments are like that. Read the rules every single time regarding techniques allowed, techniques not allowed, brackets, weight classes. Um, and geese, what the rules regarding the geese are. So, mm-hmm. all right. And with that, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow us at the Tommy Talk on Instagram. Follow us at the Tommy Talk on YouTube. If you have any questions, things you want us to talk about, things you want us to go over, please send it to us at the Tommy Talk at gmail.com. If you want to follow me, you follow me at the GR underscore Juan on Instagram. You follow Anthony at Anthony Throws on Instagram. Is there anything else? Is that it? Nope. That's it. All right. That's it. So, for all you out there, don't forget to slap the mat. Ah, he almost forgot this time.